I knew a few Heathers, now I know a lot of Heathers. Let's get to know one more. Hey, Heather. Welcome to the Hey Heather podcast, where I attempt to interview and get to know as many of the world's Heathers and their stories as humanly possible. I'm your host, Heather Edwards. Today's Heather is an actress, comedian, and host of the Motherhood in Hollywood podcast. She's appeared on television shows like The Orville, The Office, and Grey's Anatomy, and can be seen each week covering stories on the entertainment industry for NBC in Los Angeles. Please welcome to the show, Heather Brooker. Heather Brooker. Hi. I'm so dark on one side. Let me <laughs> get my light. I wasn't sure if this was going to be audio or video. Um... So I didn't dress up. I hope that's okay. <laughs> totally fine. I am not dressed up. <laughs> okay, good. I just um, was finishing an interview and uh, I was dressed in, like a Christmas outfit. So I had to run and change really quick. Christmas outfit. That's interesting. Yeah, it's for uh, Dolly Parton's new Christmas movie. Oh, cool. So I was interviewing Dolly Parton, which was oh, really shit. fun. That yeah. sounds really fun. Did right? she have a Christmas outfit on too? She did. Awesome. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Oh, well, thanks so much for joining me today. Sure. Thanks for having me. I'm very excited to chat with you. So last night, man, I saw you on Clear the Air on YouTube. You were doing some virtual stand-up comedy from your bathroom. Yes. That was amazing. Um, that's like the pinnacle of success when you yeah. know that you're, you could sit on your toilet and tell jokes. You've made it. Usually I just do that to no one listens to me, but... I almost died because you were like, I've got my wine. And Angel Moore was like, I've got onion rings. I right. was like, oh, my God. <laughs> Whatever we need to get through. Yeah, that was so fun. It was so um, such a random thing that they asked me to do because I haven't done stand up in quite a while. Like since my daughter was born, I've been sort of it just is very time consuming to go to the clubs every night. And when you're a mm -hmm. mom, it just doesn't. I just decided to take let it take a back seat a little bit. And so I was like, this is easy. You can do it from my bathroom, you know, give it another try. So yeah, now everything's virtual these days. So you should do yeah, more. You're hilarious. Exactly. <laughs> oh, thank you. That's so nice. Thank you. That's really encouraging. Because it's like I said, it's been a while. So I was like, I'm going to bust out of my comfort zone and give it a try. Yeah, everyone should do something like that. Yeah. Like step out of your comfort zone. Yes, totally. Yeah, so you're a Heather. This is Hey Heather. I've been talking to hundreds of Heathers over the last month. It's just been the coolest project. I love it. Do you know why you were named Heather? I was originally going to be named Carla. Oh. Um, which is no offense to the Carlas, but I'm not a Carla. Right. My my dad's uh, middle name was Carl. Okay. And so um, I guess they were going to name me Carla. And um, my mom had always just really loved the name Heather. It was a popular name in the 70s, mm -hmm. mid 70s, especially. I like to think maybe because of like Heather Locklear. Yep. Uh, you know, uh, but because uh, I don't know of any other like super famous Heathers from that time period. But I know that the name Heather was sort of sweeping across the nation at that time. So my mom and my my dad at the time sort of went back and forth. Um, and then also they were going to name me Tiffany. That was another name that was in the running. He said, if you can't name her Carla, then name her T Tiffany, um, which I also don't know that I would have been I wouldn't have been mad at a Tiffany. I just think I'm just more I'm Heather. Yeah. Like you just know you're a Heather. Um, so that's a, my mom ultimately won and she got the name Heather. Yes. So glad. Yeah, you're definitely a Heather. Yeah. Did you know a lot of Heathers growing up? I didn't actually. I I feel like I know a few more now. 
But I was the only one in my school named Heather. But I went to a kind of a smaller school. There was a lot of Sarahs and a ton of Jennifers. Um, But I was the only Heather. That's cool. (laughs) Mm -hmm, Yeah. Yeah, I had a ton of Heathers in my class. There was always like at least three others. (laughs) Really? Are you? You're probably a lot younger than me, too. Yeah, I'm 37. Born in 82. Yep. Yeah, you're a lot younger than me. So that was when it was probably like everyone was naming their kids Heather. Yeah, from the research I've done, it seems like the name spiked in popularity in 75 Mm -hmm. for whatever reason, probably Heather Locklear-ish time. Mm -hmm. And then again in like 88, 89 when the movie The Heathers came out. So. (laughs) Yes. And we have to talk about Heathers. That to this day, I'm sure, I don't know if it's every Heathers favorite movie, but it's certainly one of mine. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it comes up a lot in conversation. Oh, yeah, for sure. It's just for purely narcissistic reasons. (laughs) Right. It's like, it's my name. They obviously made it for me. Exactly. I can't tell you how many times I used to quote that movie to people. And sometimes I still do. Really? (laughs) (laughs) It's it's terrible. (laughs) It's terrible, but it's kind of great. Yeah. Very cool. So you are an entertainment reporter for NBC LA. Tell me about that. How long have you done that? Well, um, I've been in journalism for since I graduated college. I'm originally from Oklahoma, and I went to Oklahoma State University. Mm-hmm. And um, I was a theater major and um, and journalism. And I ultimately kind of got um, cold feet about being – I didn't believe in myself enough as a 19, 20-year-old actress from Oklahoma to think that I could make it. I wasn't a triple threat. I wasn't a dancer or singer. Uh, I think I can sing and dance, but (laughs) Broadway doesn't. Um, So uh, I sort of, uh, my practical side took over and um, I went into journalism because I thought, well, this has a performance element to it. I can tell stories and be on camera. And I really fell in love with journalism. I loved the idea of being sort of the watchdog for the American people. and, And I got into investigative journalism and then feature reporting. I traveled all over the world as a reporter. And so, um, when, um, we, my husband and I lived in Tulsa, I started, um, missing theater. I started missing making people laugh and entertaining. Mm -hmm. And so I started auditioning for local plays and local, um, movies and commercials that were happening in Tulsa, which there wasn't a lot of, but occasionally there was. And I really missed it. Like I got bit again by the acting bug and my husband and I, we didn't have any kids at the time. So we were like, you know what, let's just go to, um, Hollywood and let's see what happens. So I decided to stop reporting. Um, and, but I stayed in news. I became a writer and producer behind the scenes so I could pursue acting in front of the camera. And, um, uh, when my daughter was born seven years ago, um, she was about, I was a stay at home mom, but also an actress, like going out on auditions and things like that. And when my daughter was about two, I started really, realizing that I needed a community of other moms to connect with and other people to connect with. So I started my podcast called motherhood in Hollywood, where I interview, (laughs) where I interview other uh, (laughs) parents in the entertainment industry and just say, Hey, what are you doing about breastfeeding and about, um, you know, how are you getting your kids to eat something other than mac and cheese and chicken nuggets and like, you know, swapping ideas, sharing parenting tips, but also talking about how much we love movies and TV shows. And that really grew and grew and grew. And my news director at the station I worked for, which was NBC here, um, was listened to my show and he followed along on my social media and he was like, Hey, you know, um, I think what you do is really great. Would you ever be interested in doing that for us here at NBC LA? And I said, 
uh, sure. I thought I had left my reporting days behind and kind of closed that chapter of my life. But sometimes um, God has different plans for you. And he opened up this door of opportunity and there was no way I was about to turn it down. Um, so I was like, sure, I'll, you know. Yeah. So I became the first ever digital entertainment reporter for NBCLA and their first ever like plus size reporter really in the LA market. There's nobody that looks like me um, that does what I do. All the entertainment reporters I'm sure you know are like super skinny. They all wear these like glitter ball shirts. Cookie and cutter. They're cookie cutter. <laughs> yeah, they all go to the, and I don't mean to make fun of them because I, you know, they're right. but they all do look the same. Yeah. They all. I don't mean to, but I kind of do. <laughs> yeah, they're all the ones that want to be the celebrities as well as, you know, they have, you know, they're not really journalists, they're hosts and actors and stuff like that. Yeah. So, and that's no shade on them because, you know, you got to do what you got to do. But um, nobody looks like me. There's still nobody that looks like me that does what I do. And I end up, um, so for two and a half years now, I have covered entertainment for NBC in Los Angeles and um, the NBC national digital platforms. So my interviews with people like Dolly Parton, like we were just talking about. So cool. Um, Kevin Costner, I interviewed this weekend. I saw you interviewed in Vogue. And I interviewed in That's Vogue so after cool. the BBMAs. I seriously was geeking out. I bet. <clears throat> yeah, that was so fun. So I've had like these really wonderful opportunities to sort of um, as an actor and as an entertainer and somebody who is also a journalist and has a passion for this industry, kind of getting to glean, in, you know, I get to ask them my own questions. Right. Like I'm not asking them, what are you wearing? Cause I don't care what they're wearing. I want to know like actory nerdy stuff. Like what was your process like in this, you know, coming to this role, this was so weird or, you know, whatever. I ask them things like that, but also things from a fans perspective mm -hmm. like I'm I'm a fan of almost all the people that I've interviewed so it's a little bit different perspective than I think um I'm also really lucky because my boss has given me a lot of creative control over my interviews I don't have somebody who's there like ask them about this or whatever and ask them you know something that doesn't isn't pertinent or that people may not be interested in. She's really given me a lot of autonomy in my job. And I'm so grateful for that. So it's been about, that's a long answer to your question, but it's oh, been about it. two and a half years <laughs> um, since I started covering entertainment um, here in Los Angeles. And I love it. I feel really lucky to have a job that keeps me connected to the industry. And, you know, I still audition as an actor. And as you saw last night, I still do comedy, you know, whenever yeah. I can. And, um, yeah, I feel super lucky. It sounds so fun. It's, it's, I'm having that much fun interviewing Heathers. I'm becoming like, I'm super fangirling <laughs> over it. each other that I talk to because everybody's so different, but we're also like really connected at, in the same way. You know yes. what I mean? It's, I saw your question on your Instagram where you said, what famous Heather or what Heather do you want me to interview? And everybody said Heather McDonald. Have you, I'm assuming you've reached out to her, right? I have. Yep. No luck. It's, I'm still <clears throat> sitting in her DMs. Yep. <laughs> I know. She's so hilarious. Have you tried going through her publicist? No, I haven't. Do that. That might be a little bit better. That's a great tip. Yeah. I've mainly have been reaching out to people on Instagram, um, just like I did with you. But now I'm getting to the point where I'm like, okay, I really want to talk to some of these bigger name Heather. So I'm going to have to go down some different avenues. Yeah. That's a great suggestion. Thanks. Yeah. You have to out here. You have to go through their publicist and their manager, right. you know, anything like that, because sometimes... You know, um, we can get like hundreds of messages oh, in our sure. DMs and I'll feel so bad. I'll be like, oh, my God, where was that one message? Um, and I don't like a lot of celebrities have assistants and things like yeah. that. I don't. I'm a one lady show. I do everything myself. So I try to keep 
track mm-hmm. of that stuff. But even so, sometimes things get lost. So I would definitely reach out to her publicist. Yeah, definitely I will. But yeah, just like you said, I can't imagine the hundreds and thousands of messages that go into their inboxes. And they're not looking like I would probably just turn that off at some point. And then um, ha- have you reached out to Heather Locklear? Yes. Only through Instagram, though. Go through her publicist. Yeah. I got to do some digging. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and who I'm trying to think of like some other like super famous Heathers. I'm sure you've got a list a running list in your head. In my mind, like I said, my narcissistic mind, I like to think I'm the only Heather. Right. <laughs> but I know that's not true. <laughs> well, today on the show, you are the only Heather. So that's true. Okay, well, you, 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 we're both Heathers. Oh, crap. That's I keep forgetting. <laughs> I, that's funny. Yeah. Heather Graham. Um, Heather Graham. Yes. There's a lot of good ones. <clears throat> yeah. Gotta go through the publicist. You're right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is such great information. I actually recently watched, I can't remember what the platform was, but you did um, a talk on starting your own podcast. Oh, was it Blogger? Yes. Oh, okay. Yep. Yeah, I watched that. That was really cool. A lot of good tips. Good. I'm so glad. Yeah, they um, reached out to me and asked if I would write an article about podcast microphones <laughs> and then if I would also speak um, about um, <clears throat> excuse me, sorry, uh, starting my own podcast and stuff. And I was like, well, I'm happy to write about microphones, but I've literally used the same microphone for five right. years. <laughs> so I will definitely talk about the one that I use. Um, but yeah, that was really nice because it was um, very podcast focused mm-hmm. talk and about how I started my podcast. And I went through a lot of trial and error um, trying to figure out what would work with my setup. Like I didn't want to have to pay for a studio. I didn't, yeah, I didn't want to have to drive across town to go to mm-hmm. a podcast studio. I really wanted to be able to be at home with my daughter and be able to invite people into my home and get to know them or do it online like this. Right. And, um, so starting my podcast was, uh, a lot of fun, but my first, like maybe nine episodes are a little wonky. Oh Yeah. <laughs> They're also also my first like maybe 30 or 40 episodes are way too long. Like I was I would talk to people for like an hour and a half and I'm like who do I think I am? I'm not Mark Marin. People don't want to listen to my podcast for an hour and a half. I'm not that interesting. <laughs> so I I definitely like started shortening them um and um once I got my system and my everything kind of like refined, they sounded much better too. Yeah. But the earlier ones, like, was bad. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I'm in bad. a closet right now. I mean, I am literally oh, in this tiny great. little spot, but at least I have some like padding. You know, I used to um, actually do voiceover work. Um, I've been doing that for like five years. That's great. And my first couple of years doing that, I was still, I was in a different closet, but I was just like sitting on the floor with all of my clothes hanging in there, all huddled up, like trying to like, A lot of people do that. They take their closet and they turn it into a voiceover booth. It's so smart to do that because it's a great way to get, if you can get gigs, it's a great way to get some extra income. I'm in Hollywood and I have a setup. I can't get any voiceover gigs. Really? Yeah. It's so weird. I don't know that my... I don't know that my team uh, is focused on that. So right. it's something that just kind of has fallen through the cracks. I've just got too many other. You have a lot going on. A lot air. of balls yes. in the air. <laughs> a lot of balls in the air. It's a lot. So I kind of have to pick and choose my battle. Every time I tell my husband, I'm like, oh, I want to do this. He's like, no, you have so much other stuff. You can't do it. So um, he doesn't say you can't do it. He's like, just pick your battles. Like, should you do that? <laughs> should you do that? Do you really want to add one more thing? And so I have to be like, maybe this can wait, you know? Maybe it can wait. Gotcha. So now because of the pandemic and everything, I'm sure mm-hmm. for NBC LA, are most of or all of your interviews remote? Yes, everything is. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Has it always been that way or is it just now because of the pandemic? No, um, we used to go to, um, <clears throat> they call them press junkets. Um, and the press junkets used to be held at like some bougie hotel in Beverly Hills or Santa Monica or something like that. And you're given an assigned time. You show up, you interview the talent. It usually takes a couple hours. Uh, to rotate through everybody unless there's just one person you're interviewing and then they give you the 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 discs like this or whatever um to to take back to the station and then you can edit your piece together but also too we had red carpets like a lot of red carpet events i was going to maybe one or two red carpets a week and then i would have another one or two press junkets on top of it wow and in la it's not like it takes five minutes to get anywhere it takes hours sometimes so i would be spending hours in my car just getting to the press junket just getting to the red carpet event and then you're there at the red carpet for two or three hours easily and um so it's just a big time suck now I mean, honestly, the one good thing for me from the pandemic is I just go to my living room. Yeah. I don't have to traipse all over town with my equipment or meet my photographer, any of that stuff. I can just go to my living room, set up my laptop and my light and my mic, and I'm good to go. And um, while I miss that in-person interaction with um, the people I'm interviewing, it's not like you become best friends with them once you interview them. It's not like they're like, oh, I like that, Heather. I'm going to be best friends with her. You know, it doesn't really make a difference. Yeah. They they get interviewed by so many press outlets that they probably forget who you are the second you're done <laughs> talking with them, honestly. So for me, in terms of like work-life balance, this has been a, a lot better because I can just go to my living room. I can help my daughter. She's got a desk in her room. I can help her get set up, go to my living room, do my interviews, and then I can come in here and do a podcast. I don't have to traipse all over town. I feel like I can get a lot more done. Oh, yeah. Because um, I'm not in my car all yeah. day. Uh, yeah, yeah. I've worked remotely for like the last five years in a couple of different like tech startup roles. And I... Do you love it? I'm never going back. Yeah. I'm never going back to an office situation if I can help it because you do get so much more done. I, I used to live in California. Now I'm in Maryland. Um, but I was up in Northern California, but I worked in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. So I was spending maybe an hour and a half, two hours each way on a bus oh, to wow. get to work. And it's like, now I can just wake up and start work. You get yeah. like extra hours out of your day. It's great. <laughs> yeah, you really do. And it's like, it's just so much less stress. Yeah. You know, I, I do miss going into my station every now and then because you start to feel a little bit like you're on an island mm-hmm. alone out here. Um, but my boss checks in with me from time to time. It's like, hey, everything okay? Yeah. And I'm like, I'm good. Yeah. Just working away. <laughs> um, but f- for me, certainly, especially with my daughter at home, um, you know, doing homeschooling and stuff, it's made a huge difference. So I kind of like it. I know that's terrible. I know some people are miserable and they hate it, but I'm it's like... It's not for everybody, kind of like it. it's not for everybody yeah yeah it's nice because I feel like I just I get I also get more opportunities because there is less press opportunities for these projects um they you know sometimes they can be a little um what is a nice way to put this <laughs> studios and publicists can be a little exclusive mm-hmm. like they only want access Hollywood or extra or entertainment tonight or something to interview or they get the most time with their talent and everything well now they're all just desperate for press so they want anybody and everybody yeah. you know to talk to them so that's been really nice yeah I bet because I'm getting more people and more interviews so mm-hmm. yeah that's fantastic so I also saw a couple of just a couple of the shows that you've been on. The Office, one mm-hmm. of my all-time favorites. I know exactly what episode you were on. So <laughs> exciting. Grey's Anatomy, 
Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. And then I also think I saw that you were on an episode of The Young and the Restless. Yes, like a million years ago. I actually just finished watching Young and the Restless and Bold and the Beautiful. I'm going to admit it. <laughs> but oh man, what what was your role for Young and the Restless? So I played like a security guard um, who has, or I, I was in a jail, like I was a jailer guard or something and I had to come out and um, yell at the two actresses who were having a really deep conversation and tell them to wrap it up and get out you know <laughs> that's great it was very small part but it was one of my first oh, parts wow. like years ago my first roles years ago and I remember it was very exciting because you know Young the Restless is such a legacy show yeah. it's been around forever but I was mostly excited because that's also where they film The Price is Right. And I got is to take really? a picture by the big wheel. Yeah. Oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> it was just sitting in the hallway. And I was like, oh, my oh the coveted the wheel. Yeah, no, the big wheel. So I took a so I took a selfie with that. And I was very excited about that. That's so cool. But that was really fun. Yeah, it was really fun. It was it was super fast. One thing they don't people don't realize on soap operas is how quickly they move. I think I was in and out in like, maybe two or three hours from hair to makeup to wardrobe to filming. Wow. It was like, yeah, Rowland. they're super fast. <laughs> mm-hmm. What was your very first acting role? Um, My very first, like on television? Yes. my Because uh, we could go back to when I was like five. But like the real legitimate uh, acting role was on a comedy sketch show um, called Frank TV. Okay. And it's a comedian and impersonator, impersonator named Frank Caliendo. He is an excellent um impressionist and he had a sketch comedy show on tbs called frank tv and i was cast as um do you remember baby jessica who fell down in the well yes i was cast to play her all grown up (laughs) and my it was back when john mccain was running for president like the first time um maybe like 10 years ago, 12 years ago. Mm-hmm. And um, <clears throat> he, uh, I was supposed to be endorsing John McCain for some <laughs> reason. I don't know. It was, it was so long ago and it was so short, but I, it's so funny that you asked that because I was just Googling myself the other day. As we do. Um, as we do. We're Heather's. Yep. We do that. And I was looking it up and I was like, I didn't realize that I was on the same episode as Melissa McCarthy's husband. His name is Ben Falcone. You've probably seen him in. Did you see Bridesmaids? Yes. Okay. So he was the air marshal on the plane that she's flirting with. That's her husband. Right, 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 right. Mm -hmm. So um, I was, he was in my same scene and I remember talking with him on set, but I didn't know who he was at the time or that he was married to Melissa and she wasn't as big then as she is now. And then also Adam Devine. I don't know if you know who that is. Yeah, I do. Workaholics Mm -hmm. and Pitch Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. So he, we were all in the same scene (laughs) together and I didn't know like Adam wasn't as big as he was now and neither was Ben and I was telling my husband I said clearly they had better agents than I did because we were all (laughs) on the same show together and they're huge stars now everyone took a different path (laughs) everyone took a different path but um clearly they uh made better choices than I did but um yeah and I was literally looking for I was looking so hard for the clip because I was like I want to see what this was um from so long ago but that was my very very first one and then the next one was on a show called monk with tony shalhoub Mm, mm -hmm. 
Um, and that one, um, I still get residuals. I still get paid to this day. I get checks from that show. Dang. Yeah. They're small. They're like 10 bucks, you know, but, um, but I'm like, I'll take it. That's yeah. a, that's a, a combo meal at Wendy's. I'll take it. <laughs> um, but that was my first like big, big show was on a, a role on, um, Monk where I played a fangirl where I was like, oh my God. I looked at your reel last night. Mm-hmm. You're like outside in a crowd and you're like, yeah, hey. yeah, that was it. That's so cool. Yes. Yeah. So that and that was forever ago. That, so that's when I was like, I'm going to make it. I'm going to be a star. Girl, you've still made it in so many ways. You're doing fabulous things. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Is there anyone switching back to kind of the podcast world? Is there anyone mm-hmm. that you haven't interviewed that you would love to interview? You know, I'd love to have Amy Schumer on. Yes. Um, she and I have recently connected on Instagram and, you know, been chatting back and forth and stuff like that. I just haven't really worked up the courage to ask her yet because she doesn't really know mm-hmm. me. Um, I would love to have Amy Schumer on because I think she's really funny. She's new also mom. a new mom. Yeah. Yeah. And I think she would have some really interesting perspectives as a comedic actress yeah. on motherhood. Um, I would love to talk to, um, Reese Witherspoon. I really one. like Reese Witherspoon. I think she's very funny and charming and um let's see there's probably like quite a few people you know that i would be interested in talking to i don't i don't also just focus on my show on celebrities i interview producers and writers directors um and people there's so many aspects of the entertainment industry that people forget about you get so wrapped up in the the celebrity of it all speaking of celebrity jenna fisher i would love Mm -hmm. to interview Mm -hmm. jenna fisher or jennifer garner um Speaking of the office and um, yeah, I, I just um, it's more about if people have an interesting story because I realized um, I, for a while I was just doing celebrities. It was like celebrity after celebrity, like famous people. And I realized they all kind of had similar stories mm-hmm. in that it was like, I have a nanny. Um, I have a nice house, a great husband, and then I go to work every day at my dream job, which is great and aspirational, but I don't know that everybody, every mom uh, or parent in the entertainment industry or any parent anywhere really that's super relatable to like, it's not relatable for me. I don't have a nanny and I, I have a great job that I love, but my dream job is to be a series regular on, um, a television Mm -hmm. show. So I really look for now, I look for stories that I think are interesting and people who I think have something that might um, add some value to people's life as opposed to just um, a here I'm very wealthy and famous story. And I don't want to like, I don't want to discount those stories because they are important and they are what, the, mm-hmm. you know, they are what these women are living in and that sort of thing. But I also want to tell things that are a little more layered and varied. Mm-hmm as well yeah those behind the scenes people i mean like you said the writers and the directors Mm -hmm. and the i mean they have some stories (laughs) they do they do i've interviewed um a woman who's director on miley cyrus's show um hannah montana and she had some fun stories to tell about how when miley was little and how different she was but she was still sweet and you know and she talked about being a mom to her kids while also trying to find work as a director and stuff it's just a different it's a different perspective on the industry. And one of the things I love about it is that so oftentimes people think, Oh, Hollywood is just full of like very wealthy people who are, um, have everything handed to them. And, you know, that's the case for probably 1% of the people, maybe 10%, you know, of the people out here, everybody else is working three jobs, 
you know, going to auditions, trying to find a way to um, get a last minute babysitter if they have yeah. an audition come up um, and just trying to follow their dreams as an actor or a director or producer or whatever they're, they're seeking um, here in Hollywood. But I kind of wanted to sort of dispel this myth that everybody is very wealthy and very bougie and that, you know, it's just not the case. We're all hardworking people as well. We just happen to um, work in the entertainment industry. I love that. And a lot of other people most also love that because you won a Webby award. Yeah, I did. I that's a new thing for me. I did not know the Webby Awards existed mm-hmm. until I actually saw it on your Instagram and I'm like, You're "Hold like, what up, is what is this? What is this? How do you get a Webby?" <laughs> yeah, well the Webby Awards um honor the best of the best in um digital platforms from podcasts to websites to marketing, um, Instagram, social media, all of that stuff. And they have grown in popularity over the last, I would say probably five, six years. And um, a few years ago, I just happened to um, come across it. And I was like, well, this sounds interesting. I'm going to apply. I'm going to send my little podcast and just see what it does. Um, And I sent an episode with uh, Jenny Poulos, from Bravo TV. And she talked about, um, she shared her story and, um, it won. I won in the family and parenting category. And I was like, what? That's amazing. They, it feels like they've kind of shifted that category a little bit. Now it's more focused towards like storytelling and, um, things for kids. So I don't know, like I was thinking about submitting again this year, but I'm like, I don't know if I would win because I don't have my, my show is definitely not focused for kids. <laughs> right. it's, not a, it's not a kid show. Yeah. There's swears, yeah. not a lot of swears, but there's swears. Right. Um, still so submit. Or maybe there's another yeah. category or something. Yeah. I'm like, why not? Yeah. You know, it's, uh, if you have the money to do it, you might as well. And then you can have, you know, you could be like, I have an award winning podcast. Exactly. Do you actually get <laughs> like a physical? Is there a, I do. It's right here. Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah, you see, I know your audience listening can't see it, yeah, but it's right it's there, behind guys. Me. I see it. It's real. It exists. Very <laughs> yeah, it's cool. on my wall. Yeah, they send you a plaque and an award. Um, and then the top um, like categories they can go or they probably won't do it in person this year, but they can go to a live ceremony where they have like a dinner and a oh, party cool. and all of this stuff like that's for like Kardashian mover and shaker type people. Mm-hmm. Not the lowly family and parenting podcast (laughs) gal. But they did it in New York the year I won. And there's no way I could have gone to New York anyway. So, um, Mm, gotcha. So, yeah. So you have one daughter. Yes. Do you want more kids? Eh, hmm. Mm. Um, sometimes, you know, she's seven now and we talked about it for a while, but honestly, I just, I got so busy with work and with my career and, you know, mm-hmm. my husband and I joke, we're like, well, we hit the jackpot with the first one. So why gamble again? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> you know? Um, so why roll the dice again? I don't know. I mean, sometimes I think I do, but I'm also older, you know, I'm in my forties and I don't know that nature will allow it. Uh, mm-hmm. So uh, it would be amazing if we did have another child, but I also would be perfectly happy um, if we didn't. So cool. Yeah. Nice. And I think I saw a cat in the background earlier. Oh my gosh, you have a did cat. you? <laughs> did she come here? Where did she go? Yeah. Gracie. It was probably like 20 minutes ago. Okay, Gracie. But I did stinker. see her. So Gracie, I love you, is my very uh, famous cat. And uh, no pun intended. Um, she is, uh, we got her like 
three Christmases ago, I think it was now. And, um, we surprised my daughter. We put her in a box Um, here she comes. Come here, Bubba. We put her in a box and right at, um, right at Christmas, we were like, here you go. And as my daughter was opening the box, Gracie jumped out really fast. And so when she went to open it, she didn't see the cat. So it looked like we just gave her a big box. And I happened to be filming because our, the grandparents helped us, um, get the cat and pay for all of the supplies and stuff. Like, so it was part of their gift too. So I was yeah. filming it and it was such a funny moment that I just posted it online and people were like, Oh my God, this is amazing. And it went viral. They were like, you have to put it on YouTube. And overnight on Christmas, the day after Christmas, I woke up to millions of views and I was Whoa. like, what's happening? And everyone's like, you have to be on Ellen. You have to do this. And I was like, nothing is in production right now. It's Christmas. Everything right. shut down. Um, so we had, uh, this viral video with my cat and she's, that's why I call her my famous cat. Gracie, I love you. Cause it's a really funny video. If you want to look it up, it's on yeah, YouTube. I've got to look that up. That sounds hilarious. Yeah. So we have Gracie and then we have, we adopted uh, a pandemic puppy. I think oh. I probably mentioned it in the comedy thing last night, Yeah. but her name is Luna and, um, oh, there she is. And when we, um, we, adopted her she was like six pounds she was like just fit in our hands like this just the cutest little squirmy little thing and they told us that she was a cattle dog mix and we were like oh that's cool cattle dogs are great they're beautiful dogs they're so loyal and they were like she'll probably be about you know 30 35 pounds like fully grown and we were like oh that's perfect She's almost 40 pounds right now at six months. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> Still, Come to find out. It is a cattle dog or no? Uh, and not just cattle dog, but she's also a Doberman. Oh, my God. <laughs> she's a cattle dog, Doberman, and a little bit of um, terrier. I was going to say Great well. Dane. <laughs> yeah. Gosh. She's huge. She's huge. And she's uh, when she jumps up um, fully, like on, her paws reach my shoulders. Holy like crap. that's how tall she is. And she over, she can overtake my daughter. Oh, I bet a seven year old. That's no match for right, no match. she's like, I got this. Um, <laughs> but she's just, she's a sweetheart, but she has the personality of a terrier. So she's got the look of a Doberman and a cattle dog, but she's the personality of a terrier. And she is, she gets the zoomies like crazy. She runs all over the place. She doesn't listen. Like if she could flip us off, I think she would. (laughs) She's like, I don't care what you say. I'm going to do what I want to do. And we're like, cool, 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 cool. (laughs) So it's been a lot of fun um, trying to balance this life with this new crazy dog. And then have my daughter get set up with like, distance learning you know the cat hates the dog and the dog just wants to like play with the cat um so it's been a little bit nuts around here so that's why i'm like i don't know if we would have another baby (laughs) yeah it sounds like you've got a full house (laughs) yeah if we did it would certainly be a big adjustment but um but yeah so we have pets (laughs) pets pets make things do you have dogs i have two dogs yeah i have two dogs they are chihuahuas they're not like typical little shivery chihuahuas though they're mm-hmm. one is a, t- a chihuahua terrier mix he's all black and his name is vader because we're huge oh, star wars it. fans and then of we course. adopted chewy who is brown and all he's scraggly because his dad was long hair and his mom was short hair so he's just like this fuzzy little chewbacca it. mess and so you're great. a big star wars fan yes huge oh, oh yeah yay. yeah what did you think about the latest star wars there was a lot of scuffle about it uh it's I just my heart is with all of the old classics. All the new ones are great. I think they're trying, mm-hmm. but I mean, yeah, you know, 
Do you think it was necessary? Do you think they needed to expand the world and continue these stories? I think they're kind of stretching it a little too much. I don't really think it was needed. Do you think they should have just left it alone? Yeah. Yeah. I could have gone without it. It's always cool. It's like, oh, cool, a new one. But then you're kind of like, well, give me the classics any day. Well, I mean, there's that nostalgia. There's always a marathon on some channel of all of them. So I get my fill of all the originals anytime I want. You know, I liked the newer ones that they made. I I also just love anything in that world, the sci-fi world. Like, we love the Marvel movies. My yeah. husband's a big DC guy, so he's constantly disappointed in the DC movies. He's like, come <laughs> oh. on, please. Like, you're killing me, my childhood. Oh. Um, so, um, but I love all of those, the nostalgia of those movies. Um, and I want them to be better. Mm-hmm. I just don't know what I would do. Like, it's hard It's hard to armchair quarterback. I know a lot of, you know, a lot of fans do that um, online. But it's like, the, what would you do differently, yeah. you know? Like, you, you can't really, com- like, don't complain if you don't really have a solution. It's like, I, I don't. Right. And the, the only thing I would not have done was have um, Ray uh, and. Um, Finn. Oh, my God. I just forgot his name. Oh. No, Adam Driver. Oh, God. What's What was his character's name? I just totally had Ren. a major brain fart. I'm Ugh. like, this is amazing. Kylo Ren. I was like, if I can't answer, I'm yes, such a thank horrible you. fan. I was like, <laughs> it's right on the tip of my tongue. That's so embarrassing. Yeah. I just wish that they would not have had Ray and Kylo Ren kiss. I just was like, no. I remember being in theater like, no, 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 no. They don't. No. They've been like, It's like no. I felt like it was inevitably coming but I didn't actually think they were going to go there. So when they did, I was like, come on. <laughs> it just felt like such a, like they sexualized a moment right. that didn't really need to be sexualized. Like there's not a lot of kissing in the original movies anyway. I mean, just between like Han and Leia and weirdly Luke and Leia, yeah. but they weren't like <laughs> making out. Um, but um, it just didn't seem necessary. She could have done like a nice little kiss on the forehead yeah. as kind of like a last yeah, on like the cheek, goodbye. like on the hand, like something, even just a, an embrace that would that wouldn't have made it like everybody going, wait, what? right? That was my only that was my only really real beef with it. Yeah. And I don't know if other fans felt that way too, but I, you know, it's nice to see that anytime you see the Star Wars logo back up on the screen, like we went to an event a couple of weeks ago that Disney Plus hosted. They're doing a drive-in. Oh, I saw that the drive-in. Yes, that looks yeah. so fun. And that was the first time I think since I was a kid that I saw Empire Strikes Back on the big screen and I just looked over at my husband and he's like <laughs> right yeah the music starts <laughs> like, and you see the text and it just, just takes yes. you back in time he's just getting a little emotional a little <clears throat> little carried away and it was so sweet we looked over in the car next to us they had brought an ad at oh. and they put it on their hood so they were taking pictures of the movie on the big screen through the ad oh, cool. and it was like i was like i want to find that picture i bet that turned out really cool but it was really nice to see um the original it has so much um charm to it and like hope and where i feel like some of the newer ones are just sort of lacking that that heart. Yeah. They're very commercialized and just kind of like, oh, we're just trying to make some more money off of this. <laughs> it was just all action. It was action. There wasn't mm-hmm. a lot of like, why do I care about these characters? So you didn't know we were going to dissect Star Wars, did you, on this podcast? No, this is great. <laughs> also, with the older ones, looking back, it's just so amazing to see like the special effects 
of the like at that time. Yes. Like all of the hard work that they had to do. There was no like mm-hmm. green screen or the anything. Effects. It's all very There was actually a person inside the R2D2 costume and Yes. Like, yeah. Just a different time, a different era yeah. in movie making for sure. And I I'm I just think that they should just let it I'm torn. I'm like, I love to watch it, but I also, I'm like, just let it go. I would love for it just to keep going and going and going, yeah, right? Like, yeah. you never want a, a Sega, or um, a Sega, a, um, what am I trying to say? You never want a Sega. Go for Nintendo. <laughs> <laughs> a legacy? You never want a le- legacy. I don't know where Sega came from. You never want a legacy <laughs> like that to die out, right? It would be great if yeah. the story could just continue yeah. forever, but... I just feel like Hollywood is getting a little bit lazy in that regard because it's like they're just digging up all these old properties and rehashing them and putting a twist on them. A modern Everything's whatever. being remade. It's mm. yeah, which is so frustrating because I know so many talented writers and producers out here are desperately trying to get their original right. ideas made and created and they can't yeah. because so, you know, they're the studios are investing in old rebooting old properties. Yeah. We need to see more original work. Yeah. Have you seen Utopia on Amazon Prime? No, not yet. I've, yeah, I definitely want to check that out, though. It's, it's a... Uh, That's with I, Rain Wilson, right? Yeah. Rain yep. Wilson and John Cusack. Yeah. It's, it's redone from a BBC show, but the BBC show was an original property, so it kind of counts as original. Yeah. But um, it's so bizarre and so violent. So I don't know if you're into that, but oh, it's good. very violent. Yeah, that sounds great. <laughs> you're like, I'm in. Sign me up. <laughs> Oh, well, this has been great, Heather. I don't want to take up too much of your time. Um, I'm also starting to sweat in this small closet. Oh, no. It's okay, though. Um, Yeah, any message? Is there anything else you want to, like, promote? A message for the Heathers? A a website you want to share? Anything? Like, where can we... Sure. Tell us tell us everything. <laughs> sure. Well, first of all, I just want to say I'm so proud to be a Heather and thrilled to be a part of this community. And I would absolutely love it if everyone listening, whether you're a Heather or not a Heather, um, follow me on uh, Instagram and Facebook at the Heather Brooker. And also on Twitter at Heather Brooker and my podcast, you can find it at motherhoodandhollywood.com and you can follow along with my acting stuff at uh, heatherbrooker.com. Feel free to reach out. I love to interact with people as much as I can and um, would just love to stay in touch with all the Heathers. Yeah, the the Instagram page is, it's getting there. We're getting a lot of Heathers yeah. going. We're up to like 1,500 followers. And like, That's I so swear great. they're 99.99% Heathers. So it's really cool. It's like this community is coming together. and <laughs> That's so great. Well, keep at it. Keep posting. Keep reaching out. Um, and you'll just continue to grow. And I wish you all the success in the world. And thank oh, you thank again you. so much for reaching out and including me in part of, of this course. world. Of course. You're a Heather. So we got to have you. <laughs> Awesome. Cool. All right. Well, thanks so much for your time, Heather. Um, yeah, everybody follow her on everything that she just mentioned. I'll put all of that um, info in the show notes and on the website so people can find it. And we'll keep in touch. Oh, bye, kitty. Yeah. Now she comes up. <laughs> She's coming to say goodbye. Yeah, she is. Yeah. Thanks so much for your time. Have a great day. And we'll talk again soon, Heather. All right. Thanks, Heather. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed our show, please subscribe. You can also sign up to receive updates and other podcast news on our website, theheyheatherpodcast.com, or follow us on Instagram at theheyheatherpodcast. I knew a few Heathers, now I know a lot of Heathers, let's get to know one more. Hey, Heather.